Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Ezekiel 37, today's Old Testament reading for the second Sunday of Easter. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. This is God's word. The exiles sat along the banks of the river in Babylon and wondered if all hope was gone. They couldn't believe how far they had fallen as a nation. They were the sons and daughters of Abraham. They were the ones God had rescued from slavery in Egypt. They were the people among whom the Lord God himself had dwelt in a tent. And later on in the temple. They were the people of a land of promise. A land that God had said would flow with milk and honey. Now, no land, no temple, and seemingly no Lord in their midst. People without hope. We might see it as the death of Israel, and oh, how far they had fallen. Gone were the days of David, the man after God's own heart. Gone were days of hope and promise. In the vision that Ezekiel has, Israel has been reduced to dry bones. Not just dead, but wasting away. Long dead. Son of man, the Lord said to Ezekiel, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Cut off from their Lord. But there remained Something there in Babylon amidst all those exiles who had lost everything that meant that hope was not gone completely. There remained a prophet. And what is the job of a prophet but to deliver the word of the Lord? And as long as the people of God have the word of the Lord, well, this vision of the valley of dry bones shows us just how meaningful and how powerful the word of the Lord is. 
The word of the Lord is the very breath of God. The word of the Lord is the spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord gives life. Where that word of God is found, life abounds. It is the Lord God himself who gives life. Who gives you life by the spirit-filled breath of his word. That word that Ezekiel prophesied to Israel had the power to raise dead bones back to life. It's an interesting word, breath. And it might make some uncomfortable. Not many people like it when they feel another person's breath upon them. And yet it's there in both Ezekiel and in our gospel as well. The risen Lord Jesus appears to his apostles and it says that he breathed on them. I wouldn't blame you if thoughts of garlic and onions were going through your mind at this point. Because it is strange to our ears if we felt someone's breath upon us we would probably shrink back, remove ourselves from that proximity. Sadly, though, it seems that's what we're all too prone to do when the breath of God's word breathes upon us. To pull back, retreat. Perhaps so it's not because there is anything foul about the breath of God, but rather what God's word does to us. It reveals the stink, the rot, that is actually our sin, our guilt, our weakness, the evil within us. The word of God has that power. Of course, the author to the Hebrews calls it a two-edged sword. It's described in the book of 1 Samuel as the word that kills, but also the word that gives life. God grant us that we would never draw away from the breath of his word, from the gift of his Holy Spirit that gives us life. It's funny, and it's not ironic at all, it's purposeful, that in both the Hebrew Old Testament and in the Greek New Testament, Each language has one word that means three things. The same word in Hebrew means breath, but it also means spirit, and it also means wind. We have all three of them 
in Ezekiel today. And in Greek, the same is too. The same word means breath. It also means spirit. It also means wind. The Lord God shows us that you and I know exactly where to find His Holy Spirit. And you'll hear people say at times how much they felt the Spirit in a place. Or, boy, that church was really Spirit-filled. Maybe you've been thinking this morning, boy, isn't it a neat feeling? And it is. I grant that. To hear more voices singing together. To hear the voice of the children singing. And we might be tempted to think that somehow that means the Holy Spirit is somewhat more present in this place today because of the warm sentiment that's existing among us today. But the Lord God shows Ezekiel and shows you and me that you know exactly where to find the Spirit. It has nothing to do whether the gathering is large or whether it's two or three. It has nothing to do with if there's children to sing or if everyone is older in age. It has nothing to do with the emotions, the feelings that run through your heart and your gut and your mind. It has everything to do with the word. Where that word of God is, his Holy Spirit fills that place. The Gospel of John, of course, reminds us that that word is Jesus himself. And where Jesus goes, he gives his spirit. He gave it to his disciples on that first Easter evening, along with the promise of peace and the charge to go and forgive sins. That word, that spirit-filled word that forgives your sins, that delivers Jesus to you, gives you life. Because Israel's no longer cut off. Israel's no longer without the Lord in their midst. Israel is no longer without hope. Israel is right here. God's promise fulfilled. The dead in their sins given life. You, who were dead in your sins, filled with the life-giving spirit of God's breath. God, the giver of life, gives you life today in this good news. Your sin is paid in the blood of Christ. You are forgiven.
He is risen. Risen indeed. That death and the grave would have no power over you. Dear, dear congregation of dry bones, thanks be to God for the life, the word, the spirit that breathes in you, breathes in me, in all of us, granting us life this very day that death can never destroy. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.